Hi, this is Mike McNamara, and you're listening to All Marine Radio on your home for it, the one and only All Warrior Radio Network. by now that whenever you hear that music for a long time yeah that means something went wrong and it did right before I got ready to go I'd go to put on my headphones and wouldn't you know that uh, nothing happened yeah nothing so that means my headphones I forgot to charge yep and that means I can't hear anything and if I can't hear anything then I can't do the show. It's impossible. It's not going to happen. Yeah, it's my house. <laughs> anyway, not so funny. Um, but uh, so with apologies for the extended uh, music bed this morning. Uh, good morning on the first day of December 2021. Welcome to Walmart Radio. I am the host. Yeah, Michael McNamara. 
And, uh, yeah, my mother named me that <laughs> when I was born on December 7th. So, yeah, less than a week away. I'll spend my birthday uh, in North Carolina, uh, in Jacksonville, and uh, I'll be working for the 2nd Marine Division. So I'm uh, always fired up about that. And uh, so, yeah, so excited to go back to uh, uh, North Carolina and, uh, and do my thing. So, uh, yeah, that's where, I'll, that's where I'll spend my birthday. So pretty cool, as, uh, as cool goes. And uh, so, uh, but no, anytime I have a chance to do post-traumatic winning, um, the cra crazy things happen and crazy in the most wonderful way, uh, life-changing. Um, I got an email um, when I woke up this morning, somebody in the East Coast, and, um, and, and, and I'll share it with you because, <clears throat> you know, I, I try to communicate and share with people that listen to the program all the amazing things that happened to me. But one of the coolest things that's continuing to happen is um, the way people find my seminar in particular is by word of mouth. I don't market it, okay? I don't put things out on Facebook. I don't put things out anywhere that says, hey, if you're struggling with trauma in your life, uh, there's a path for you. It's real. It exists. You can walk it, and you can change your life. You can travel from trauma to joy. As much as you may be thinking this is bullshit, it is not. I don't do any of that. Okay, the way people find this is somebody recommends it to them. And <clears throat> normally the way that happens is it's a person of great credibility in their life. Yeah, and that's how that happens. And um, somebody who they would not say no to. So that's kind of what's interesting about all this. And um, so you can imagine if you've struggled for decades with whatever is in your past and you've done all the things that we tell you to do, you've gone to therapy, you've taken the meds and you've concluded that, yeah, you know, that just doesn't work for me. And then somebody looks at you after you've done all of that and says, hey, there's this thing I think you should do. And so what is your natural response? oh, right, I'll get right on that shit. And they look at you and say, no, 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 I'm serious. You really need to check this out. And then you say, oh, okay, but here's the problem. The person that is telling you this, okay, is somebody who you respect and trust. So it's now problematic. Right? Hmm. What do I do with this? Because this person normally doesn't give me bullshit. This person tells me the truth. And so that's how people come to post-traumatic winning. It's other people who've been down this path, who they happen to know, who look at them and say, right, this thing changed my life. And the response is, what? Yeah, you heard me, girlfriend. Changed my life. And so 
they come naturally with a bit of a jaundiced eye, right? What is this shithead about? What is just what? What does this shithead have to say? What makes him different? That somebody who I respect would tell me, check this out. So that's what they, uh, that's normally how most people come. And I know that. I mean, it, the, the, the in-person version of it is, you know, people walk in the lobby and they don't know me, right? I'm just some dude standing there. And they'll be like, hey, so what is this? And then somebody else, ah, it's, it's a PTSD. It's a, like a don't kill yourself thing. And they're like, fuck, are you kidding me? How long is it? And they're like, three hours. <laughs> then you, you should hear the reaction. Are you serious? Yeah. Like, dude, I don't want to kill myself, but three hours of this shit, I might just straight up do it right in the middle of it. Right? And then they walk in. And you hear, that, you hear a variation of that over and over. And so I want to share with you and, and, and just mind you, um, this, this person is very interesting because um, you would not know by their professional achievement that they have any of this shit in their background, right? Simply wouldn't know it, right? Very intelligent, very well-spoken, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, we got into this discussion, I, and I don't know, I didn't know this was a thing, but evidently it is on the East Coast, okay? And here's the thing of the thing of the thing. Like, so you, you, you're you parked out in front of your house in the city, okay? Now there's, uh, you know, you park along the curb. And when you leave, you put a chair, and that tells everybody, I'm coming back, I want my parking spot back. Like, what? What is that? Honestly, think about that. What, do you own that? Did you buy it from the city? You have dibs on it? You're calling spot back? What is that? Well, I mean, come on. And so so this comes up in a, in a discussion. And the first city referenced is Baston, right? And I'm like, uh, those pinheads, no wonder this comes from there, right? And then somebody sends me a, a picture and they say, hey, Mac, it's not just Boston. And I'll describe the picture for you. Uh, Pittsburgh parking chairs, history, mysteries, and rules. Elevating the news in Pittsburgh. And so it's a series of, it's kind of a, a montage, right? I guess you could Google parking chair. So what you see is, I don't know how many feet of snow are on the ground. Maybe a couple feet are on the ground. And then you see it piled up, obviously. Maybe six, seven, eight feet um, where the snow plows have gone through. And so what you see here is you see an empty spot where there was a car parked and then two lawn chairs there. What does that mean? that means this belongs to me and so then there's there's this uh, here's another one but this is a street in front of a bunch of you know brick homes and it and here's the headline ownership entitlement and pittsburgh street parking lawn chair in front of this where this car was lawn chair there lawn chair there so there's lawn chairs all down the street you can't park here 
Come on, man. And and they said, oh, no, it's a thing. I'm like, unless you bought that from the city, which I don't really think you did, unless you pay, like, your share of the maintenance and when it has to get overhauled, you're on the dime for that? Get you and your plastic, your $7 plastic chair out of the street. But, so, yeah, it's a thing, though. I didn't know that. I'd never seen it in my life. So, anyhow, um, we start talking about that. But I, I, but I just want to share for you, for you um, kind of a s- snippets of a letter. Okay. Uh, hi, Mac. Just a note to say thank you. Last night's session was extremely helpful. The course is somewhat accelerated, and that is what I like most about it. I know I need to go back and re-listen and apply strategies, theories, etc., I recognize that this must be a daily practice for me. It's like the lights have been turned on, and now that I can see clear, there is no going back. And then this is this is what like what's happening in my life that's that's amazing, and and she hits on it in the second paragraph. You truly have something. Something's all capped here in this course. It is cutting edge and quite phenomenal. Those that take the course must be willing to embrace the concepts presented to see the value of what is being offered and how it can help in one's daily life. Again, thank you. Um, And so one of the coolest things when I go do this is that more and more doors continue to open. I'll get a chance to do it. Um, I'm really excited about doing it for a high school um, in the coming in the next three months, yeah, for high school students. And so I'm, I, I can't tell you how excited I am about that. And then, you know, at some point, I hope that somebody who has a job in education um, at a university opens the door and say, hey, we want you to come here and we, we'd love to expose our students to this. And uh, because I've said to you who listen um, for years now, um, the warrior culture that I that I lived in has a path for people that go through traumatic experiences. And that path is life-changing. And not only, um, and it's not a path for warriors, it's a path for anybody who deals with trauma. And we can turn these trends around by telling people the truth challenging them to reconnect to people and help them. And the amazing thing about the human spirit is it innately desires to help. And then you just get out of the way and, and watch them do their thing. So, um, so yeah, so I think I leave on Sunday, if I'm not mistaken. Fly back to North Carolina, and, uh, and then I'll be back there um, doing post-traumatic winning for a week. So... Fired up about that. Yep. And then, uh, where else might go? And I think that's it for December, other than maybe some local stuff around here. So, anyway, um, good morning to you. The United States Marine Corps Band makes the first day of December official. Good morning.
know, um, one of the things I get to see on a regular basis that never ceases to move me. What was that? Um, that never ceases to move me is courage. Courage takes a lot of different forms. And um, the person who wrote that letter, um, pretty impressive human being, right? Um, as I said, based on professional achievement, you would never, ever, ever have any inkling that this person, uh, what this person deals with in their, in their life. And, um, and I get a chance to see um, a little bit behind the curtain, and then you have a chance to see behind the curtain, and then you look at what's in front of the curtain, and you say, you know, wow, how impressive. And then, right, as you learn more and more, you think of the courage that it takes now to confront these demons and want to continue to confront these demons in your life. And it's just uh, amazing. So I see courage um, in my life. And so this is dedicated to people of courage, to the person who wrote that letter. The other person that was in my seminar last night, uh, former Marine, name is Rich, and he shared a story about about beginning to try things he's never tried on his path to being a better version of himself. And he talked about going into his backyard and doing a five-minute Tai Chi routine. And his daughter saw him. And his daughter asked him, you know, what are you doing? And he was talking about it, and he's talking about that it made him feel better. But And then I said, do you know what your daughter must have felt when she saw you, right? Now, your, your struggle's no secret to your family, right? And, you know, he's, no, it's not. I mean, they know. And so here's your daughter seeing this and looking at the courage of her father trying to become a better version of himself. It's a pretty cool Christmas gift. But, um, and so it's, uh, I, I have this incredible life where I meet these people of, incredible courage, um, they're, they're incredibly well thought, um, and yet, like most of us, they've searched a lifetime and never found a pathway out of the valley of the shadow of death, but they have now. And, and then for me, the most exciting part of these people is the impact that they have on other people because they're people of great credibility, right? and great credibility. And when they look at somebody and say, hey, I have something that you should take a look at, people don't blow them off because they know the kind of people they are. So this is dedicated to a couple of people of courage who I've crossed paths with in the last, uh, well, for a few weeks. And and, uh, and certainly uh, last night was, uh, was an awesome night. So very long-winded dedication. Nonetheless, this is dedicated to them.
you're betraying your whole life if you don't say what you think and you don't say it honestly and bluntly what keeps you awake at night nothing i keep other people awake at night for this campus had prepared him well <clears throat> i'm very confident that thank you very much <clears throat> if this was vodka it'd be a lot better speech <clears throat> <clears throat> but I'm not supposed to glamorize alcohol anymore, so young folks, you ignore what I just said. We just have to execute. And we are executing every day, and Sergeant Major and I are very proud of what you do. Doesn't mean we can't get better. We don't, we don't want to make a mistake to learn. We don't want to lose to learn. We cannot lose if we have to go fight. We got to do what these Marines did here 75 years ago. Persevere against difficult challenging conditions and odds and win. You gotta win. Not sure why, but my daughter has two golf clubs. So, oh, she goes and plays a stupid golf game. That's right. Anyhow, time for us to check the weather here on a on the first day of December. That means Christmas is upon us. I think I'm finally to that point where Christmas. What? Yeah, I don't really think I need anything. So anyway. My, my daughter Catherine, like, on me about my birthday. Dad, what do you want? Nothing. Nothing. Can you, would you get me nothing? No. Currently sunny in 50 in Quantico, where my oldest son works. Partly sunny in 60 at Marine Corps Air Station, Cherry Point, home of the 2nd Marine Airway. Sunny in 63 and 29 Palms. That's a good sign. It means it's going to be warm in California today. Southern California. Mostly sunny in 57 at Camp Pendleton. Dark cloudy in 70 at Camp Smith in Hawaii. Dark cloudy 63 in Okinawa, Shima. Yeah, that's its, it, that's its full name. Uh, in Manila, dark cloudy in 80. And in Darwin, dark cloudy in 83. Currently at the home of Allman Radio, foggy and 56 degrees. There's a dense fog advisory in effect right now. Looking for a high of 73 today. Yeah. 65 tomorrow. Going to be cold. 63 on Friday. 65 on Saturday. And 77 degrees on Sunday. There you go. That is a look at your weather. Now, somebody sent me something yesterday that I should share with you. It was a Facebook message from a friend of mine who lives in Australia. And um, let me see if I can pull it up here. Facebook is not, Mark Zuckerberg is like intervening in my life. Oh. Yeah, I was talking about police shootings. I mean, and for whatever reason, um, Minneapolis has been the kind of epicenter of 
stupid police shootings. So um, I did not know this, but the police officer who shot the Australian woman I was talking about yesterday, she calls the police because she believes there's a sexual assault going on in the alley behind her home. Police car pulls up into the entrance of the alley. She comes out of her home. She's walking down the sidewalk. The officer in the passenger seat pulls his pistol out, shoots in front of his partner as she approaches his door, shoots her in the abdomen and kills her. It, I mean, I've never heard of anything like it in my life, right? Anyway, headline. Minneapolis police officer murder verdict reversed in Justine Damon death. Justine Damon is the woman. She's from Australia. What? The family of an Australian woman fatally shot by a police officer in 2017 has responded to the Minnesota Supreme Court's decision to reverse the man's third-degree murder conviction, saying they are heartbroken and depraved and senseless shooting does not count as murder. In 2019, Muhammad Noor was convicted of third-degree murder and second-degree manslaughter in the death of Justine Damon Ruznik, Ruzik, a dual U.S.-Australian citizen who called 9-11 to report a possible sexual assault behind her home. Nor, who is no longer a police officer, was sentenced to 12 and a half years on the murder count, but was not sentenced for manslaughter. The Minnesota Supreme Court reversed the third-degree murder conviction, saying the charge did not fit the circumstances of the case. We are again heartbroken because we agreed with the with the trial court, lower appellate court, and most importantly, the jury of Minnesota residents who believed it does, the statement reads, their voices should be respected. This week's ruling means that his murder conviction has been overturned and the case will now go back to the district court where he will be sentenced on the manslaughter count nor has already served more than 28 months of his murder sentence. If sentenced to the presumptive four years for manslaughter, he could be eligible for supervised release at the end of this year. So which court ruled this? The Minnesota Supreme Court's decision. So there is no, there is no else, there is no other place to go, right? State law. State Supreme Court, final say. Yeah, I mean, this was a huge story in, in Minneapolis at the time. And so, again, um, being a cop's not an easy job. Um, <clears throat> if you talk to a lot of police officers, they're not allowed to train enough. And, um, you know, some of the stupid things that you see are people that aren't um, put under duress often enough and then when they are uh, they overreact to it which is you know understandable i would tell you and so if you want better police you got to give them better training and what happens is you know we hire the bare number of, of police officers that we need we can't do training and so you know you keep your fingers crossed that you know the police academy and the ride alongs and the person they're with you know keeps everybody out of trouble but here's the problem. Because of budgets, you don't see too many police officers doubled up in cars anymore. And that's simply a budgetary reality. 
Do you remember watching Adam 12 when we were kids? Reed Malloy? Everybody always had a partner. Not anymore. Why? Too expensive. Too expensive. And so you go alone. And some of the stupid things we some of the stupidest things we've seen happen when people are alone. So anyway, just a thought on on policing. Time for us to check the news today. We're going to do the news, news hour today. The Mensa brothers are going to join me tomorrow. We're supposed to discuss the short, happy life of Francis McComber. Hemingway story. Yeah, that's one of the things. I, I, and I want, to, I want to get their thoughts on the whole, although maybe I shouldn't, the whole vaccine, the, the, the diverse and crazy way, in my opinion, that the DOD is approaching all this vaccine stuff. It's Department of Defense, you know, Everybody's not doing their own thing, you know, so you can't have, you know, Marines being booted out for an offense that nobody else is getting booted out for. So I'm, I'm curious to see what the Marine Corps is going to do. They made, they kind of drew a line in the sand. Now, are they going to live by it and, and, and kick out 8,000 Marines? Or are they going to back away from it like the Army did and say, well, you just won't be promoted or allowed to reenlist? I'm not sure what's going on around my house. If you can't hear the rumbling, but somebody's putting up a fence. I'm not sure what's going on, but maybe that's what they're doing. So anyway, don't be concerned, right? Don't be concerned. Um, so Stars and Stripes is where we start, and we will do that. Headline, Blinken U.S. allies to reinforce NATO's eastern flank if Russia moves on the Ukraine. So this is kind of interesting. We've been following the Ukraine, right? And yesterday, Vladimir Putin made a series of statements saying that, you know, the Ukraine is a red line. There will be no more NATO expansion eastward, blah, 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 blah. The United States is prepared to impose severe costs on Russia, and, and NATO is ready to send more troops to its eastern flank if Moscow invades the Ukraine, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken said on Wednesday. Blinken, speaking in Latvia after high-level talks with NATO leaders, said Russia has sent tens of thousands of combat troops to the border and has stepped up an anti-Ukrainian disinformation campaign that is designed to destabilize the country from within. We must prepare for all contingencies, Blinken said, after the ministerial meeting in Riga, Latvia. He is set to meet with with Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov on Thursday in Sweden. Blinken, as soft as it gets, man. Blinken said Washington will impose sanction it has refrained from in the past with high-impact economic measures if Russia invades. He declined to spell out what those sanctions would be but said U.S. position was shared with NATO member states. Quote, we will be in lockstep with our allies with this. The purpose is to dissuade Mr. Putin for making the wrong decisions on Ukraine. Meanwhile, Blinken indicated that if Russia launched an invasion in the Ukraine, the alliance would shore up its own defenses as a precaution. NATO is prepared to reinforce its defenses on the eastern flank. 
NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg said the Allies were ready to take actions similar to ones launched in 2015 after Russia's first intervention in the Ukraine. Like, what the fuck did NATO do? That actually triggered the biggest reinforcements of our collective defense since the end of the Cold War. Oh, really? And what did it prevent? Uh, nothing. I mean, come on. The reason you're powerful is to prevent this kind of shit. And you don't shake in your boots when Vladimir Putin and his economy the size of Canada, right, starts rattling his saber. That's only a re- weakness is only a recipe for more war. So again, NATO, Blinken, Biden, weak, weaker, weakest. It's uh, it's very discouraging, and Putin will do what Putin will do. Right. Related story headline: Putin demands NATO guarantees that they will not expand eastward. Related, U.S. warns Russia against aggression aggression in the Ukraine ahead of NATO meeting. So, again, um, great concern, as Grant Newsom would say, strongly worded statements. Anybody doing anything? No. So Vladimir Putin will do what Vladimir Putin will do. So that in the news today. Uh, Top story in the Wall Street Journal is stocks rebound as Omicron fuels more volatility. So stocks tanked on Friday, rebounded on Monday, tanked on Tuesday, rebounded on Wednesday. Yeah. Next headline, in Omicron fight, scientists see glimmers of hope. Next headline, Russia expels U.S. diplomats in a tit-for-tat action. If you haven't followed the Elizabeth Holmes trial, she found the Theranos, the synthetic blood thing, right? And was completely fabricated bullshit. Yeah, and duped a lot of people out of a lot of money. Yeah, pretty interesting. Nothing's getting ready to go to the... Getting ready to go in... uh, Getting ready to go to the jury... And then, um, and then one of the most interesting stories yesterday is the story about Chris Cuomo, who was suspended indefinitely by CNN. Chris Cuomo, as a media, as a journalist, right, working at CNN, aided his brother in hunting down the women who were speaking out against him. How did that guy stay? And it's like, oh, this is a great epiphany, right? So this evidence is now being released and and you're seeing text messages and shit like that where he's using his 
position at CNN, his sources at CNN to try to uncover who these women are and then feed those names to his brother's chief of staff. Pretty astounding, right? Pretty astounding. And But again, it just points out to, you know, a, a genuine need we have in this country for journalism, people that are committed to telling the truth. Because this, this, this whole Cuomo thing went on in, in plain sight. People at that network knew what he was doing, and he has retained his position throughout because it, it doesn't matter. It only matters what side you're on. And you watch it play out in public, and it's, it's disgusting. And I don't care what, what network you're on. I mean, I mean, as wrong as wrong can be. And they kept him there. So, so congratulations to CNN for doing the right thing. He should never be allowed back. You know, same thing like when Brian Williams, except the problem and the difference between Matt Lauer and Brian Williams, Brian Williams was just a liar and a fabricator of story for his own benefit, right? Telling lies about what he did during the war and things like that. Things he didn't do. You know, Matt Lauer was a predator. Yeah. And so, what does that make Chris Cuomo? Makes him a predator too. And so, I don't, how does that guy ever work again in that industry? CNN executives probably like, okay, how do we rehabilitate him? What do we do? Give me a break, man. There's some sins I cannot, I cannot retrieve you from. And this is one of them. When you prey on other people, sorry, man, you are done. Good luck. Top story in the New York Times. Supreme Court hears arguments on Mississippi abortion law. That's all over the news right now. U.S. considers tougher rules for travelers amid growing concern about Omicron. What's interesting to find out now is that Southern Africa, that this thing evidently existed in Belgium, you know, weeks or months ago, but was never really reported or they did not come to the same conclusion as some brilliant doctor in Southern Africa did. But Southern Africa, because it came out of there, is being, um, is being isolated now, being punished for it. What's it, the other interesting thing I saw yesterday was when Donald Trump, you know, put his travel bans in, and one of them was on Africa. When when COVID nineteen started, the statements Joe Biden made about what a racist and xenophobic move it was, and we have to put an end to this. Like, <laughs> it's almost comedy. You can't make it up. So interesting, interesting stuff. Um, top headline in USNI News today is South Korea's Navy growing to counter more regional threats beyond North Korea. Next headline, Navy does not approve any religious exemptions as COVID-19 vaccine deadline passes. Marine Corps approved none. 
the um, top story of Marine Corps Times today is NATO chief says allies must prepare for the worst in Ukraine. That in the news. And again, stories about COVID vaccination deadline. Top five stories in early bird today. Number one, U.S. in hypersonic weapons arms race with China, according to the Air Force Secretary. I read, others, I read a couple other stories yesterday saying that the United States, the real race is in artificial intelligence. And the uh, head of MI6 in Great Britain, which is their CIA, right? Um, he said, he, uh, his conclusion is this, given their, their building of their military, giving their perception of the West, if they have an edge in artificial intelligence and they think they the West is weak, that their military is sufficient and they own an edge in artificial intelligence, that's how mistakes get made and big wars get started. Pretty interesting. If I can find that, I, I will play that for everybody. The United States and China are engaged in an arms race to develop the most lethal hypersonic weapons, U.S. Air Force Secretary said on Tuesday as Beijing and Washington build and test more and more of the high-speed next-generation arms. Quote, there's an arms race, not necessarily for increased numbers, but for increased quality, Air Force Secretary Frank Kendall told Reuters during an interview in his Pentagon offices. It's an arms race that has been going on for quite some time. The Chinese have been at it very aggressively. So, anyway. That in the news. Number two, reforms to military justice system endangered by the slow pace of defense authorization bill. So evidently, because of the backlog of debate and whatnot in Congress relative to the National Defense Authorization Act, there may not be time for some hearings or whatever that would include, that would allow the military justice system reforms to be included in the bill. Yesterday, a group of 66 House and Senate lawmakers implored congressional leaders to keep the military justice changes in the annual defense authorization bill amid rising rumors that key congressional leaders are planning to dump the provisions in order to speed up the final passage of the defense measure. So that in the news, we followed that uh, throughout. Again, I think that what is going to happen is conviction rates will go up, total number of cases brought will go down, and then they're going to find that they've created a different problem. Uh, next headline, dozens of former Afghan security forces are dead or missing as the Taliban hunts them down. More than 100 former members of the military and police have been killed or forcibly disappeared by the Taliban since the group came into power, according to an investigation by Human Rights Watch. A lot of time using ruses to uh, track these people down. So that going on. 
Next headline from Military Times. Unvaccinated guardsmen won't be able to drill or draw federal pay, according to a SecDef memo. Interesting. So again, this is the hodgepodge of the Secretary of Defense as the services all approach this differently. Again, it's going to be interesting to see what... Um, um, it's going to be interesting to see what the Marine Corps does with all this. All right? Again, do the uh, line in the sand and all that. You get to discharge 8,000 Marines? National Guardsmen who refuse to be vaccinated. And again, I think the vaccination rate, the last one I saw for the National Guard was like at 60% for the Army National Guard who refuse to be vaccinated against COVID-19 won't be eligible for any federal training or pay, which includes monthly drill weekends, per a memo signed yesterday by Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin. Austin calls on the Army and the Air Force secretaries to enforce this mandate by barring unvaccinated guardsmen from attending any drill or training events and withholding any federal funding that would pay guardsmen for their participation. So, yeah. Next headline. Despite reports of rashes, sickness after fuel leak, Hawaii base water is safe, according to the Navy. This is from Joint Base Pearl Harbor Hickam, where I've been a few times this year. Yeah. Never been before in my life. Three times. So, yeah. December 7th, my birthday. So it was very cool. Um, overseas operations. U.S. delegation met with Afghan Taliban representatives in Gutter, that according to the State Department. And what in the hell are we talking about with them now? They own it. A U.S. delegation led by the Special Representative for Afghanistan, Thomas West, now that Zalmad Khalazad is gone, held talks with senior Afghan Taliban representatives in Gutter on Monday and Tuesday. The two sides discussed international, the international community's response to the humanitarian crisis in Afghanistan, and the U.S. delegation pledged to continue to support U.N. efforts to address the situation, the State Department said in a statement on Tuesday. The, officials, the U.S. officials expressed deep concern regarding allegations of human rights abuses and urged the Taliban to protect the rights of all Afghans, uphold and enforce its policy of general amnesty, and take the additional steps to form an inclusive and representative government, the State Department said. The U.S. officials urged the Taliban to implement a commitment to providing countrywide access to education at all levels for women and girls. The Taliban expressed openness to engaging with the international community on full access to education and welcome efforts to verify and monitor progress to enroll women and girls in school at all levels. Right. And if you believe that, I have some oceanfront property near Topeka, Kansas that I'd like to sell you. I, I Again, I don't know. Look, Afghanistan belongs to you. We left. Remember, you defeated us. Good luck. Congratulations. Next headline, Putin warns the West, Moscow has a red line about Ukraine. This is from Vladimir Isachinkov. Isachinkov? 
He writes for the Associated Press. Russian President Vladimir Putin on Tuesday sternly warned NATO against deploying its troops and weapons to Ukraine, saying it represents a red line for Russia and would trigger a strong response. What does that mean? Commenting on Western concerns about Russia's alleged intention to invade the Ukraine, he said that Moscow is equally worried about NATO drills near its borders. Speaking to participants of an online investment forum, Putin said, that NATO's eastward expansion has threatened Russia's core security interest. He expressed concern that NATO would eventually use the Ukrainian territory to deploy missiles capable of reaching Moscow in just five minutes. The emergence of such threats represents a red line for us, Putin says. I hope that it will not get to that and common sense and responsibility for their own countries and the global community will eventually prevail. He added that Russia had been forced to counter the growing threats by developing new hypersonic missiles. What should we do, Putin said? We would need to develop something similar to target those who threaten us. And we can do that even now. Putin argued that To avoid tensions, Russia and the West should negotiate agreements that would safeguard each other's security interests. Quote, the matter is not whether to send troops or not, to go to war or not, but to establish a more fair and stable development and taking into account security interests of all international players. That was his response when he was queried about, is Russia going to invade the Ukraine? If we sincerely strive for that, no one will fear any threats. The Russian leader noted that Russia has worried about NATO drills near its borders, pointing out a recent exercise that involved U.S. strategic bombers. Strategic bombers, which carry precision weapons and are capable of carrying nuclear weapons, were flying as close as 20 kilometers, 12 miles, to our borders. That represents a threat to us. Putin's, he's the best at playing this game. Yeah. Everybody else sucks at it compared to him. So, uh, former Prime Minister Abe says Japan and the United States could not stand by if China attacked Taiwan. So this is interesting because we got into this discussion with Grant yesterday. So the fact that Ukraine, I I always want to say the Ukraine, and I don't know if that's a World War II term, right, when the Ukraine was a region and not a nation. And so it's interesting because, you know, to me, I think Japan sees Taiwan as a stepping stone to Japan coming into China's sphere and then becoming the object of China's influence. And that all the operations that are now pointed at, Taiwan would be then projected against the Philippines and Japan as China expands its security zone, if you will. This is from Taipei. Japan and the United States could not stand by 
if China attacked Taiwan, and Beijing needs to understand this, former Japanese Prime Minister Prime Minister Shinzo Abe said on Wednesday, tensions over Chinese claimed Taiwan have risen as President Xi Jinping seeks to assert his country's sovereignty claims, which are bullshit, against the democratically ruled island. Taiwan's government says it wants peace, but will defend itself if needed. Speaking virtually to a forum organized by by a Taiwanese think tank, the Institute for National Policy Research, Abe noted that the Senkaku Islands, yeah, Grant talks about them all the time, which China calls the Daiyu Islands, the Sakashima Islands, and the Yunguri Islands are a mere 100 meters, 62 miles or so, away from Taiwan. An armed invasion of Taiwan would be a grave danger to Japan, he added. Quote, a Taiwan emergency is a Japanese emergency, and therefore an emergency for Japan, the U.S. alliance. People in Beijing, President Xi Jinping in particular, should never have a misunderstanding in recognizing this, Abe said. Whoa. You don't hear that kind of talk from the Japanese very often. Yeah. Quote, Japan, Taiwan, and all the people who believe in democracy need to keep urging President Xi Jinping and other Chinese Communist Party leaders repeatedly not to step onto the wrong path, Abe said. A stronger Taiwan, a thriving Taiwan, and a Taiwan that guarantees freedom and human rights are also in Japan's interest. Of course, this is also in the interest of the entire world. Wow. But again, weakness begets violence, right? And it has in all of, all of history. Okay, so, and that's why, you know, my wrath so often falls on the Germans. Germany needs to reconstitute its military. It needs to be a burden sharer, Right? And so, if it would, there's nothing that Russia could do in the face of the United Kingdom, the United States, France, Germany as a strong military nation. You know, and then you have nations like Belgium, the Netherlands. I mean, they, they're NATO countries. They, they've helped around the world in marginal ways. Right, but I mean, when they contribute squadrons of fighters and things like that, that's that's a big deal, because then you can take American squadrons and they don't have to do this; they can do that, and we really need that done. So I mean, it's it's again, uh, as Grant has said repeatedly, and this applies this applies to both Russia and China. The most dangerous course of action against those two nations is the concerted actions of the democratic nations on the planet. And it seems to me that slowly but surely we're learning that in the Pacific. Europe, um, Angela Merkel has swarted that, I think, as because, you know, she had Germany on this other course, you know, on the emperor's new clothes. Oh, no, there's no problem. We don't need a military. I mean, what the hell? The United States will provide all of it for us. Yeah, we're leaving. No, you can't leave. What do you mean you're leaving? And then it becomes a big deal why we have to stay in Germany. Look at a map. 
Yeah, boys and girls. Let me just, yeah, let me pull my map out. It's, I rotated it to the Solomon Islands, but let me rotate back to Europe. Okay, now, let me find the Ukraine. There it is. Let me find Ukraine. I think I call it the Ukraine. That's a World War II term, if I'm not mistaken. I will ask Jeff Kenny. He knows shit like that. Okay, so let me get out my little tape measure. So, the frontier with Russia across the Ukraine. What the hell happened? Uh, let's do miles, okay? So the Ukraine is I don't know my maps not being right, but you have the Ukraine, which is about a bazillion miles. You have Poland, which is about two thirds of a bazillion miles. And then you have Chechnya, you have Czechia, Austria, and then you have Germany. I mean, Germany is France, for God's sakes. Why do we need American troops in Germany? Because that's where World War II ended? Okay, that was 80 years ago, boys and girls. Time to pick up our shit and move east, right? Because the front is Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, Poland, and the Ukraine down to the Black Sea. That's it. Pick up your shit. We're moving. Oh, you can't. Why? Because the German economy depends in part on America. Oh, fuck. Then why don't you defend yourself, you shitheads? So, yeah, I apologize for... Oh, I think I just fixed something. So let me see if I can make it work now. Yes. Okay. So it is 450 miles across the northern part of the Ukraine where it borders Belarus. It is another, let's see, it's a total of 833 miles from the eastern Ukraine-Russia border to the German border. Yeah, so if you're in Pol if you're on the edge of Poland, you cut that number in half. Yeah, you don't have to go a thousand miles. I'm not saying, I'm just saying. So, yeah. Um, Last uh, overseas operational story, leaked crash video of British F-35 so shows jet dropping off a carrier ramp. Hmm. F-35s are kind of expensive to be dropping. The crash into the sea of a British F-35 combat jet on November 17th was caught on video and has been subsequently leaked on Twitter. The video shows the jet attempting to take off on the Royal Navy aircraft carrier HMS Queen Elizabeth in the eastern Mediterranean. The short takeoff and vertical landing version of the F-35 fails to generate sufficient lift or thrust and the pilot ejects as the aircraft falls over the front of the warship. Hmm. 
Um, I think that's pilot error right there. I'm not saying, but I'm just saying. That'll do it on a Wednesday. Mensa Brothers join me tomorrow. Tis the season now, right? So Merry Christmas to everybody out there. Happy holidays to everybody else. And um, if I can help you, don't be afraid to uh, reach out. I'd be happy to. The holidays can be difficult on people. Yeah. And um, so if you know somebody, tell them there's a path through all of this. And if I can help you help them, by all means, reach out. On that note, I'm Mike McNamara. This is All Marine Radio. Have a great day. Myself and the Mensa Brothers will be back tomorrow. On that note, I'm out.